Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Talking League. Uh, g'day guys, welcome to Team Doctor, our weekly live show on Facebook where we invite our league community to take part in the podcast with us on a weekly basis. I'm your host TK. Tonight to help me analyse the teams, we've got Riley and Gus. G'day Riles, how are you man? How are you TK? Gussie, I tell you what, it is good to hear that song again, I've missed it. <laughs> Mate, I, I miss it all the time. Gussie, so Gussie from Game Day Squad, he'll be joining us regularly on Monday. He's helped us with the textbook this year as well. He helped me with the Roosters and the Tigers. You'll be hearing him in the, the previews. But, Gussie, good to see you, man. Yeah, likewise, boys. Thanks for having us on. Keen to rip apart a few teams. Mate, good to see you sitting on the Wayne Pierce Hill, mate. Looks pretty nice there in Sydney today. Yeah, that's it. Nice evening in, uh, in Leichhardt. That's it. <laughs> All right. So, guys, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be part of this show, simply screenshot your team. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and you can either send it to one of our social media inboxes or just send it directly to our email at info at talkingleaguepod.com. So tonight we've got Leanna Mills from Forbes. We've got Dan Dimitrescu from Harvey Bay. They'll be joining us first. But our first guest is Leanna. Let's bring her in. Leanna, good to see you there. How are we? Yeah, going pretty well. Happy to be on the pod. Long time listener, first time caller. (laughs) I love it because you're always interacting with us. We love our female audience, so it's great to have you on for the first one. But tell us a little bit about yourself because you and your boyfriend are totally different. He's not into his fantasy. He's not into his footy. But you might win some hearts tonight, Leanna, because you are. Let's go. Tell me about it. Uh, absolutely. I really got into NRL in general through the lockdowns because there was not too much else to be doing. And, yeah, started watching all the games, started getting into a lot of the analysis and was, I think, scrolling through the drawer and come across fantasy and, um, yeah, started started playing. So this will be my second full year, third year sort of knowing about it. And, um, yeah, it's one of those things whenever you walk into a house and, and the footy's absolutely blaring and you've got the jerseys on the wall and everything. I think I just assume that it's going to be my partner, Andy, who's um, yeah, who's got it all going on, but no, that's, that's me for today. He's always like, she's off in fantasy world, don't worry about her. He does not see me till, uh, till footy season's over and it was a long one this year with the internationals, so <laughs> So yeah, he's slowly warming up to it. Leanna on a Friday, Saturday and a Sunday RV, do you hog the TV? Oh, mate, like, he doesn't even get a look in. Like, <laughs> if he wants to even spend time with me, he's, he's got to come and, and learn. Like, he finally, I think he, he got around Brian Totter. That was his, like, the one bloke. He's like, yeah, I can remember that one. I like him. Goes all right. But, uh, yeah, other than that, he'll go for a nap. He'll go mow the lawn. Like, I'm, I'm gone for the weekend. <laughs> I love it. Now, tell me about your love for the storm and... Yeah, you love Ryan Pappenhausen. You've got this incredible jersey. Oh, Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, Ryan Papps, like, followed him pretty much since he started in the in the Storm system. Um, and, oh, I've 
<laughs> bit the bullet and, and bought one of his game-worn jerseys. I figured it was going to be the cheapest year I could probably get it, seeing as he didn't play too many this year. Might have lost a bit of interest, but not me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Got in a bit of a bidding war, spent probably a little bit too much, and Andy probably doesn't need to know about that. <laughs> um, but, no, he's, he's, yeah, he's a good bloke. I remember a couple of years ago, I think 2020, um, they were versing the, the Roosters and, yeah, I think they were down, oh, it might have even been 12 to 20, something like that. And everyone at the bar is wearing all their roosters gear and it just starts laying shit on me. And uh, I was in my Storm jersey. And I was like, no, no, Ryan Pappenhausen, he's got this. Slots a last-minute uh, field goal, takes it to Golden Point. They win the whole game and everyone at the bar is just done with me. Love it. I love it. Now, we won't tell Andy here, Leanna, but who is your love interest for 2023? Oh, mate, mate, I've got a couple of love interests for, for 2023. I'll, I'll leave you with uh, Mr. Eyeliner. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> a bit hot on, on Nico this year. He's like my little my little baby Pappenhausen, that's for, for sure. Um, you know, not going to forget about Pappy, um, but I reckon, yeah, Nico, he's, he's really um, caught my eye this year and, yeah, we'll see how he goes. I've actually gone with him instead of Cleary to start the season, okay. so... Yeah, he's, he's, he's got big boots to fill. Nice, I like it. And before we rip into your team, give me a little bold prediction for 2023. Bold prediction is a Cows and Sharks grand final. Ooh, as much as I uh, love my Stormy boys, uh, that, that final that they had last year, that was just too good. I think it's one of the longest games of football that I've seen in a long time. Uh, just the heart that those boys played with. I'm like, we've got to have a repeat of this. They've got to make this happen. I think that would be great on a grand final stage. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, I still haven't recovered from that game. Roz is still giving me plenty of stick from that one. <laughs> All right, what we'll do, let's bring your team in. It's actually a pretty impressive team. Roz, I'll let you take over. Do you want to read the team? Because we've got a lot of people listening tomorrow on the audio. Do you want to just read the team out? And then I'll just get your initial thoughts on Leanna's team, which is pretty cracker. So we got Robson starting at hooker, who's also Leanna's vice captain. Then we got Carrigan, Brandon Smith, and Ruben Cotter as a mids. We've got Jermaine Lovegood um, as an edge, along with T- Tom Gilbert. Then we've got Nico Hines and Ezra Mam in the halves. Jake Avarillo and the Hammer in the centres with Savage Miller, who's just recently signed with the Knights, and Ponga as a wing fullbacks. And then on the bench, we've got Mapalungi. Valence Tafare, uh, Khan Pereira, Trent Liero, Elise Katoa, Matt Dory, Sean Bloor, and Ray Stone. Nice. Now, Ross, it's a pretty strong team, mate. What's your initial thoughts on Leanna's team? Really like, liking the dual position of Hammer and Avrillo, as they'll be handy cover. She's got a strong captaincy option in Nico, and uh, we're just going to watch Haas' availability uh, with selecting Carrigan. Um, just because there's quite a significant difference um, in Carrigan's output when Haas is playing compared to when he's not. Nice. She's definitely been listening to your podcast with Robson and Cotter at the top of the list there, mate. A couple of guns there, Rolls. Yeah, definitely. And late buys, I think they're going to be two of the highest scorers in their positions, which is really handy. Um, and you can hold Robson all through those buys if you want. Um, but, yeah, I'd definitely be looking to probably get off Cotter around that round 10, 11, 
just before that origin period because he's going to have limited game time and probably drop around that 50 to 100K and he's going to be a better pickup after origin for the run home. Nice, Gus. Let's... Yeah, hopefully it gets a bit cheaper. <laughs> oh, that's what we all want. Now let's head to the Wayne Pierce Hill with Gussie. Gussie, what's your initial thoughts on Leanna's team? Yeah, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Riles, I think you uh, hit it on the head, hit the nail on the head with a few points there. Uh, first thing that stands out for me, you're going in strong with Nico as you set and forget captain. I'm doing the same thing. Absolutely love that. You've got some reliable scorers in uh, in key positions. So we're talking about the likes of Robson, Carrigan, Cheese, and uh, and Cotter. And you've got a really good selection of DPP players there. Tommy Gilbert, the Cheese, Hamiso, Avarillo, and I'm going to butcher his surname, but Tafare. T- someone's going to have to tell me how to say that. But those uh, those boys are definitely going to come in handy throughout the season. Nice. I like your thoughts. I love your your mids and your your hooker options here. I actually like your whole pack. You can get some good versatility here out of Hopgood and, and Gilbert as well. But I'm going to open the floor to you, Liana. You fire away any question that you want. The floor is yours. Yeah, in, uh, in terms of Ponga, I guess like a lot of people are hearing the, the injury news coming out of that camp. Um, yeah, try and decide, I guess, whether to, to swap on to Walsh or whether to, to stick with Ponga, whether he comes good. Obviously, be watching the trials quite closely to see what the news coming out of the, the Knights camp is. But any of you blokes that have him, what's, what's the thoughts there? Yeah, I originally had him, Leanna, but I've taken him out because my biggest concern was his durability. It was only going to ever be a short-term play for me, maybe seven or eight rounds. But the fact that he's injured already doesn't really give me too many good signs. But, Riles, what's your thoughts? I think adding on to your point too, TK, if you're going to carry Ponga and Miller, you've got two mid-rangers there, which is a little bit dangerous. So I'd either be looking to go down to someone like Perham, who's going to get the start and fullback gig for the dogs, hopefully, or I'd be looking to go up to Tedesco or Trell, um, who's going to be a solid keeper and someone you can keep all season, um, yeah. all the way through. So they're your two options, I think. I probably would avoid Ponga um, just on that durability side of things and considering Hastings is going to be that dominant half. Yeah, I think it's one of those things, Leanna, you, you put yourself at risk of you know that trade out very early. Like We want to kind of mm. start as good as we can and keep as many trades as we can. It just seems that there's just so much risk with just Cal and Ponga. I just can't go there. Gussie, any thoughts there, man? Yeah, look, there are definitely some kind of tasty mid-rangers uh, in that night squad. Uh, but I notice you're going for the lucky, uh, the lucky Miller narrative as well, where, you know, banking on him picking up the fullback. And if you are carrying the Knights number one and the number six as well, all your eggs are in one basket there. Yeah. And if, uh, if they find themselves playing in a lot of defensive footy, you could be struggling to find find ways to score with those back three. So, um, you know, given the injury talks and the fact that I think coming out today seems like the Lockie Miller deal is all uh, all but done per Buzz Rockfield, um, I, I, I'd definitely be looking looking to move him on. Riles, some good candidates for other options, but uh, also yeah. Reese Walsh. I know I know you said you'd leave him for TK, but uh, he, he's there for the taking. <laughs> Get in there, Leanna. Yeah, I've got a hundred hundred and forty k in the bank, so I reckon we've got yeah room to move there with that that spot. There's so many so many good up and coming winger fullbacks that I've got my eye on through the trials as well. So definitely a lot of that you know bench is open to to who's starting and, and who's looking like they're they're going to fire for the season. Yeah, just with Lockie Miller there, Leanna. If it's true when he has signed today, you're probably going to have to get rid of Mapa Palangi. 
because he was going to be a starter if Gagai was at fullback. So that's the unfortunate thing because I had my eye on him as well because from what Pat's been telling me about him, looking at his New South Wales Cup stats and his just small sample of NRL, he's a very, very valuable player. I probably would have rather had Mapper in there than actual Miller because we would save another hundred grand. They might average around the same as well. But boys, first candidate, we'll give her just a recommendation. If she was taking Ponga out, Riley, who would you replace with? I'm going to throw another smoke in there, TK, and say Scotty Drinkwater. Uh, average close to 50 last year, plays for the Cowboys, of course, and they do have a easy draw um, heading into that first bye. He's not going to um, have a week off before round 15. So, again, he's going to be one of those high-scoring players in that wing fullback position. So I would strongly consider him. Um, otherwise, I'd go to someone like Hayes Perham or that from the – uh, Bulldogs, otherwise you've got Sloan at the Dragons as well. Yeah, I was going to say Sloan. Leanne, if you downgrade Ponga to Sloan, you'll get another 300k there. You could easily put Savage up to Teddy. Yeah, no, absolutely. And a uh, <laughs> bit of a laugh there, Riley. You're going, you're going for more cows. Is, is that your <laughs> whole team, just cows? Yeah. <laughs> Similar to Paddy and his Knights. All right, let's I'm move on. Let's move on. Next question, Leanna, fire away. Oh, jeez. Um, I suppose if you blokes had to give one person, one up-and-comer that people maybe don't have their eye on just yet that you're, like, really keen to watch in the trials, who would you pick? Gussie, you want to go first, mate? Yeah, absolutely. The Tigers' bias is showing here, but I do have my eyes on uh, on Fenua Pole. Late last season, he uh, he showed that he's got what it takes to, to be a regular first grader. And uh, I think, that, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that Tigers' middle rotation pans out. Um, you know, last year, Madge McGuire was pretty hesitant on giving uh, giving Alex Twale, who's a class player, big minutes. But I think it opens up the door for Fenua Pole to... Um, yeah, to really take some minutes off those uh, off those mids. So that's probably, uh, yeah, my uh, my one to have your eye on. Yeah, Leanne, another wing fullback, Sean Russell from the Paramount Eels. Now, he's been training outside uh, Will Penasini on the right edge. He scored a couple of tries on his, in the round one game against Titans before he got injured. He got injured really badly scoring in a try. So he, he sat out half the year. But he's at a really good price. It's something like 300K. So he's just someone to put in your back pocket. He seems to have jumped a few people for that right wing spot. And that's one of those things, when you've got those young players, you'd rather them kind of in those top six teams that are going to be scoring a lot of tries, especially because we don't know. We know a little bit about him. He's got a good kind of work rate, but you just, with that added sort of tries, you're going to make probably a bit of money there. So just put him on your radar. Rolls, anyone else, mate? I want to go the opposite end of the scale and uh, say Mark Nichols, um, probably a straight swap for Maps there. He's going to have a decent role in that Dolphins team as a starting front rower. So look for him to get 40 to 45 minutes and average around that 40 fantasy points per game. Um, Hopefully 150K to be made there. Nice. I like it. Next question, Leanna. Oh, gosh. Um, Ezra Mam, I'm running him as like a a little bit of a potty. Um, You know, he's not in... As many teams, um, there's sort of two narratives. Some people are like, no, nah, you waste the money there and others reckon that he could really fire this year. I suppose there's been a little bit of turmoil in the camp and, and stuff recently coming into into the trials and whatnot. What's what's your thoughts on him? Yeah, Gussie had a little look at Ezra Mam. Yeah, I've been thinking about Mam too. 
the the upside potential is certainly there. And last year we saw how class he, he can be. But those sort of mid-range non-dominant halves, uh, they're always a bit of a risky play. Um, you know, Adam Reynolds is going to have all the kicking. So, man, there, there's, there's potential for man to have pretty low base and potentially inconsistent scores. If you are looking at, you know, other people to move him on to who you might get a little bit more out of week to week, uh, Jackson Hastings is a great option. Uh, but in saying that, you could look at uh, maybe you've got a few too many nights in your team. Who knows? Depends what your appetite is. Um, Sean Johnson coming in at 562K, not a bad shout either. And if you were looking to cash down and take a punt on another uh, an, an, another mid-range half, you could go for Milford at uh, 485K. Yeah, Leanna, I like the Ezra Mam shout. I'd put him on a three-date rule only because of the difficulty of their first couple of games. But he's put a few kilos on. He misses a lot of tackles last year. He was very similar to Sam Walker. 19-year-old start like this, really high. And then they slowly drift, drift, drift. Because it's like such a physical game that they're just not prepped to handle a whole workload across a whole season. But he's had a full preseason as well. His combination with Adam Reynolds is only going to get better. And now he's got Walshy as well, just trickling around. So he's got plenty of options. He'll be comfortable next to his mate, Kurt Capel, on the left edge. If you want someone to protect you, I'll, he's one of the guys I definitely would. The other thing that will work in his favour is Herbie Farnworth's back as well. So those three on the left edge together will be good. I think it's a really, really good shout. I just think your timing just has to be there. The good thing about the Broncos, they've got a round 16 bye. So if you kind of get him around that round four, maybe let him just sink under that, you know, maybe mid 400Ks, I think that would be a great buy signal for you. Yeah, yeah, hoping hoping that one pays off. And, I mean, like, looking at him coming into the preseason, he's looking good. Savage is looking good. few of the boys there, yeah, really <laughs> packed it on a little bit coming into the season. I don't mind that at all. I love it. Now, um, yeah. <laughs> next question, what else have you got for us? Oh, geez. Um, B. Smith. Oh, I tossed up so much whether I wanted to put him in my team or not. Last year, he was just so inconsistent, like up and down, very similar to like a TPJ narrative, but not <laughs> quite as as disappointing. New team, do you reckon it helps? Well, he burnt me twice, Leanna, so I'm going to turn this one over to Riley. He burnt a lot of coaches in round one, but getting that starting hooker role, especially with Watson going down now, I'm going to say he's close to a must-have come round one. Averaging 56 points in 69 minutes when playing over 60 minutes starting at hookers. So I'm going to say he's going to be a perfect 18th man, very expensive 18th man though. He's going to be a perfect player to have sitting on your bench as cover for your hooker and mids all the way through the season. So I would definitely be locking him in, and I will be in my team for sure. Yeah, now Gussie, he's a 45% owner. It's one of those guys that it probably isn't worth going against the pack on this one. Yeah, I'd agree. I think the antipod is a bit of a risky play, but we have seen it pay dividends in the past. Uh, cast back to 2021, everyone was getting hot and bothered about Tino, round one. Everyone had him in, but those people who uh, who avoided him, they, they, they did pretty well. Um I do think, you know, that 45% ownership, and it's probably only going to go up as time goes on. I think he's uh, he's too popular not to have. And the DPP is handy too. Um, but I, I would be I, – I would encourage having a way out just in case things uh, things don't go too well for him. So if he's shedding cash and he's not as good as we think – he's not as good as we think he's going to be this year, I think uh, don't hesitate to pull the trigger. Nice. All right. To finish off, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to throw some 
questions at the boys that I think we should be answering. Roles, what's your thoughts? Center pairing, Avarillo and uh, Hammer. Yeah, I'd be looking to potentially get Remus Smith into the team, um, similar to what we had last year with Isaac Tungo um, from the Panthers, a cheaper center in a quality top four side. Not sure whether that's going to be the Dogs or not this year, and especially the Dolphins as well. So just be looking at round one teams um, to see what you can plug and play in there. But, yeah, I'd be sort of looking at Remus Smith and another cheap option to come up. Yeah, I really like that as well. All right, why don't we give Leanna a few cashies for her just to keep a track of during the preseason as well because she's picked out some really good ones. Ray Stone, I think, is going to play some really good minutes. Sean Bloor is hopefully going to come back and... You know, if he's not starting, it's going to be interesting to see when John Bateman comes back where exactly they play him. But he's in the mix as well. And Khan Pereira, he's he had a really good shout-out from his coach last week as well. So it looks like he's locked up a starting spot for round one as well. But why don't we start with you, Gus? Maybe throw out maybe three or four cashies that you're looking at. Yeah, one guy I think who could slob into your team pretty nicely, and he is a popular pick, uh, but it's Jack, Jack Howarth. Out of uh, out of Melbourne, um, he's probably good mates with Pappy too. So I don't know if that's an I extra like a few uh, boy. <laughs> extra extra few brownie points there. But uh, something to me just says he's going to be promising based off the fact that he's on that long term deal with the Storm, and we still haven't seen that much of him. Um, so I don't know. I think it could be uh, could be how worth's year coming through. Um, otherwise, in, in in the mid department as well, I notice you're not running Ray Stone, who obviously with the shift to the Dolphins could be on for a bit of a role change there. In saying that, we don't know whether or not he's going to get big minutes, so he's a bit of a, a bit of an unproven quantity. So, but maybe just one to think about. Yeah, she's already thought about it, mate. She's it's in it's in her team. Yeah. Oh, he is. I was, say, I was, I was like there. looking at my own oh. team, like I swear to God, he's I did think about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'll, I'll, have have I'll, that one. I'll give you another mid. Love him. Keep, keep him in there. Keep an eye on Trey Mooney, Leanna. Now he's a Raider, and he's a very, very good player. They got him from Parramatta a couple of years ago, but killed in New South Wales Cup last year. Looks like he probably will break into the top seventeen. They need a really good thirteen coming up. He's got good ball skills. Now, the other one that you want to keep an eye on is from your team, Joe Chan. Now, he has pedigree. His dad used to play for the Storm, Alex. So he played for Craig Bellamy before. Joe played for the Catlins in the Super League last year. Started all pretty much every game on the edge. He's got a really good coach in Steve McNamara over there, who used to be the assistant coach at the Roosters. So not only is Steve a very, very good coach, but he only coaches good players and he recommends them back into the NRL. So they've got him back, so he will press for a starting spot in round one. So keep him, you know, I'm sure that you have plenty of fun watching the Storm in the preseason. So Joe Chan. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I'll add them into the black book and, yeah, be watching for sure and, yeah, hopefully pick up a few that uh, other people don't and hopefully not run out of trades this year. <laughs> Rolls, before we let Leanna leave, any others, cashies that she should be aware of there, man? I'll help Leanna solve a centre issue, hopefully, and suggest Tommy Talao playing on the right-hand Tigers side, whether he's going to pair up with Bateman or Ipaps along with Adam Dwayhe. I definitely think there's attacking upside there. Luke uh, Luke Garner playing in the Panthers side, plenty of attacking upside on that edge with great base stats as well. And then potentially instead of Sean Bloor, if he doesn't get a start or jag a bench spot in round one, I'll suggest uh, Tyrell Fuimeono from the Dragons, even though he will have the bye round one, he looks to potentially have a decent role on the edge there, um, depending on Billy Burns. We're not sure of job security yet, so just track that in the trials. But, yeah, Philly Maono could be a decent one there. 
Nice, I like it. Well, Leanna, I really appreciate you joining us on the first episode of Team Doctor, and thank you for being part of the community and always interacting with all the posts. We love just interacting with you, and I'm sure that we'll touch base during the, the year as well. I know you love sending in your questions, so I look forward to seeing those during the year as well. No worries, girls. I send a few curly ones your way, so enjoy. <laughs> I love it. All right, team, we're going to depart with Leanna, and we're going to bring Dan into the show. Dan, how are you, man? Howdy, boys. Good to see you there, man. Now, Dan is from Harvey Bay up in Queensland, but he's Penrith born and raised, and he's a big Panthers fan, man. Tell us a little bit about your footy background, how you got into fantasy. Oh, so I've really got into fantasy just by, like, like, I watched a lot of NRL tipping at the pub. So, and then I sort of got mates who went went into fantasy. So I thought, I'd look at it, but I never really understood it. So now, last year, because it's my first full year, I ended up around round four last year. I got into it, but like, and I, I went in like blind, <laughs> but I had no idea. So it's good to start fresh with the full season. So now I'm really getting into it. Nice. I like it, man. So you, you for a second year player, the team we're about to reveal is actually very, very strong. But before we do that, Tell us a little bit about, I want to know, who's your love interest for this year, mate? Who's the who's the player that you most love? Oh, Nathan Cleary. <laughs> is it the chin, mate? What is it? It's, it's the absolute chin. <laughs> nah, Cleary's, all, Cleary's always been my love interest completely since since I first started watching Penrith, <laughs> like when he first entered. And, mate, tell me, we're going to put you on the spot. Bold prediction. Are you going three-peat? You can't say three-peat. I would love to say three P, but um, yeah, I'm going to say three P. <laughs> it's such an NBA thing, isn't just, it, Gus? Like we haven't seen that here just, in Australia. Just with no, too, right? pri- just with the team comp, especially. I, I'm not too sure after Appy left, so that's what I'm a bit concerned about because we got Mitch Kenny and Sonny Luke sharing minutes, but I, I don't think they all feel Appy's shoes. Fair enough. Quite, quite, quite this season anyway. Yeah. All right. Let's rip into some fantasy. Now, Gussie, do you want to take it away and hit his squad from top to bottom for me, man? Yeah, absolutely. So lining up at hooker, we've got Harry Grant. Your three starting mids, Brandon Smith, Joe Tarpany, and Paddy Garrigan. In the, on the edge, Jermaine Hopgood and Luke Garner lining up in the halves. No surprise. With the captaincy, it's Nathan Cleary. And with the VC, you've got Mad Dog, Cam Munster in there. In the centres, you've gone out to Western Sydney here, Waka Blake and Paul Alamotti. You're back three in the middle, Reese Walsh, Hamiso, Tabuai Fido and Xavier Coates. Now your first four bench players at the moment, Mitch Kenny, Charles Nickel Clockstad and the Cardi Party, Bryce Cartwright. Isaac Thompson lining up there as well. Also running with, you uh, on your emergencies, you're running with Sonny Luke, Cody Nicarima, Benny Turbo, and with the 21 on his back, Jack Howarth. Now, Gussie, a pretty strong squad, especially for someone coming in the second year of fantasy, but what's your initial thoughts on how Dan's lined up his team? Yeah, super strong side. One thing I'm loving is how you've spent up on reliable scorers in, in key positions. Your hooker, mid, and half stocks are, uh, you know, they're all in that elite tier. 
on the reserves, you're doing the right thing too. Cheap and cheerful. All players there have plenty of upside and the potential to generate cash, which you can uh, make the most of mid-season and turn those guys into some really uh, worthwhile upgrades. A couple of value buys on the bench, Chance and Mitch Kenny. I'm liking them. Both uh, both those guys are stepping into new roles in 2023, so I think you're going to see some good minutes and solid scores out of both of those fellas. Yeah, that starting lineup up to Munster is crazy scary. Riles, your, your mm. initial thoughts on Dan's team? I really like his captaincy option, TK. He has gone with Cleary. He's spent up, um, spent up and bit the bullet there. He's got five guns with uh, Brendan Smith, potential to be a six, so plenty of solid and consistent scorers to start with. And he's got a nice spread of players across all the teams too, which is going to be really important this year with that buy. So he's going to leave himself not having to cover too much every week on his emergencies. Like it, oh boys. Let's rip in. Dan, the floor is yours. Far away at the boys, and we'll answer as many questions as we can. Um, do you think Joseph Tarpany will stand out this season? Because obviously last season he was a bit, you know, high and low scoring. Like those days he was doing 100 and there's other times he was doing 40. Do you think he's really worth the value? It's a very interesting question. Guys like him and Sean Lane, the worst thing that happened was the season ended because they're such momentum players and they got into what I like to call like an NBA jam where you go into like this mode where you can't get stopped. But the thing that can stop you is when you stop playing. So that's the second year. So the thing with Tarpany is there's probably been his most consistent performance of his career and he finally took a bit of a leadership role, which was great to see, which is probably a great sign in him repeating. But Gus, thoughts there? Yeah, I'm liking Joe Tarpany for this year. Um, We have seen his role at Canberra change year to year, but as you said, TK, he's a momentum player and he really showed last year that once he does get the momentum going his way, he can be an absolute powerhouse. And from a fantasy perspective, he just generates top-class scores off the back of that. So, yeah, I think Tarpany's the real deal. I think he's a great inclusion to have on your side. Yeah, Rolls, Canberra's got a really, really good draw. They got favoured again with the Cowboys and Sharks. What's your thoughts on Tarps? He's going to be at the top end of the scale again for the mids, TK. So locking him in early um, is a good idea, especially um, you want he's not an origin player as well, so he's only going to miss the three games during the year with those buys. So definitely one to lock in. And um, Papali's minutes have been gradually decreasing year on year too. So yep. look for um, Tarpany to pick that up. And who's going to fill Elliott's minutes from last year? Is Corey Horsburgh going to pick all them up? Or is Tarpany going to take on five or ten of those as well? Yeah, I like it. Dan, lock him in, mate. Next question. Um, so with um, Grant obviously going to play Origin, I've got Kenny and Sonny Luke. Um, do you think it's worth having them both because they're sharing minutes with Appy leaving? Or do you think just keeping like a Kenny or Luke in and then probably upgrading later? Interesting question. Gussie, I'll let you give your first thoughts, man. Yeah, I I like the strategy behind having both of them there. Uh, Kenny's gonna, from what we can see, it seems like Kenny's gonna gonna have that that big minute role there, and Sonny Luke maybe comes on twenty twenty five minutes towards the end of the game. Uh, but I think those two players serve different functions. I think Kenny is gonna be a kind of big dominant hooker who, who who pulls in the scores week to week, and I think the fact you've got him in your scoring lineup is a really good move. And then I think Sonny Luke is just going to be a nice slow burn in the cash cow department. Uh, if he's coming out and scoring around, you know, 20, 30 points, he can, he'll put on money in no time. So I think, uh, yeah, good call having them both on your side. 
I'd probably go similar. I'd probably prefer Kenny, only because I think that I'm going to bring Riley in here in a touch. I think we've got about 20 cash cows, and I think there's going to be about 10 of them that might start in round one. And I'd probably rather have someone that is starting in round one with a bigger role. I think Sonny Luke's going to be... See, with a 27-round season, I think you're going to see Sonny Luke start at some point because playing week-to-week in the NRL is tough. And then Mitch Kenny might get injured at some point of the season, and then Luke's the next guy up. So I think he will be valuable, and you will have to pick him up at some stage. But, Rolls, I'm going to bring you in here. What's your thoughts on the strategy of Kenny and Luke at the same time? I'm not going to, I'm going to say, TK, I'm not going to be a fan. Just looking at the Broncos last year, you had Pace and Walters doing a similar thing, playing um, 50 minutes, 30 minutes each. It's just hard sharing points that way. I would maybe look at potentially upgrading Sonny Luke to someone like Tana Boyd, who looks like he's going to get the seven jersey for the Titans. Mm. Um, more upside there, more cash generation, and potentially someone who you can play in your 17 each week. Yeah, that's a good call. So Tanner Boyd's at 479k, Dan. So on the weekend, they break a story that he's going to get first crack at the number seven shot. But the thing is, his job security is going to be relatively low because the Titans are coming off an awful season. If things start going wrong, he's probably going to be the first one out of the team. So you take that risk as well. Mitch Kenny's got a lot better job security and, than a and Tanner. Plus with, yeah, with, plus with Sammy Verrills coming in as well. Yeah, so, but the thing is, Tanner Boyd had a great end of the season. Like, and he's got that combination with his schoolboy men, like Dave Fafita. So, plenty of upside in Tanner Boyd as well. He's got that dual half, which is pretty good, especially early in the season. Uh, Cleary's got a buy, as does Nico Hines. So, you're going to have to rest him. To have someone on the bench like a Tanner Boyd to come in and just fill that starting role is also pretty, pretty vital as well. So. Have a look at Tanner Boyd, man, once we're, we're done yeah. with the show. But next question. Yeah, I'll definitely we'll have a look. Yeah, next question. Um, so, so I've got a couple of cheapy centers to start off with. Um, what do you think would be a good upgrade, like, say, round three, round four? Like, I'm, I think I'm going to keep Alamomote. Sorry about his name. Um, and transfer him back into the interchange. But what, what do you think a good upgrade from Walker Blake would be? Yeah, it's interesting. So with Alamotti, so I know a couple of the Bulldogs players and they told me last week he's well in the pecking order. So to start in round one, he's going to have to have an incredible trial season. So at the moment, they're favouring both Braden Burns and Jake Avrilo as their starting centres. So unfortunately, that means, because that probably means that he's going to... He'll start at some point. Like, he's too super talented and, like I said, the season's too long for him not to play at some point. But just get ready for the fact that he might not be there round one. But Riley, let's talk about... Let's give him some options if Alamotti wasn't there round one. And then, obviously, he wants to talk about Walker Blake as well. So what's your thoughts on that? I think you've got two options, Dan. You can either go up to Jack Bird and leave him sit on your emergencies for round one, or you've got to go down to the likes of Tommy Talia and Remus Smith, who I'm really keen on at the moment for my centres. You're not spending up a heap. Remus Smith is going to be in a strong side with plenty of attacking output. Then you've got Tommy Talao, who's going to be on the right-hand edge, playing outside Adam Dwayhe and either uh, John Bateman or Ice Paps. So plenty of attacking upside for him there as well. And I just think they're better options. We're not sure with Wonga Blake and his role. Is he going to float between centre and on the wing uh, with Para? Just a little bit of job security there in his role. Um, yeah, I'm just favouring Tommy Talao and Remus Smith at the moment. Yeah, the thing with Walker Blake there, Dan, like his handling errors, his demerits with 
handling errors and missed tackles are just through the roof. You, you probably want to like a little bit more consistency, and he's at 402k. So the guy you've actually got on the bench is a very good player in Isaac Thompson. Now, there was a few rumours that he might be behind the pecking order, but the guy that they thought was ahead of him isn't even in South's top 30. So I'm not sure about that rumour, but Isaac Thompson, I think, would be there come round one. It just makes a lot of sense. The coach loves him. And Milne's suspended for the first few games as well. But, Gussie, bringing you in in terms of centres, what's your thoughts there? Yeah, going off the back of what you were saying, TK, I'm uh, I'm big on Isaac Thompson to start the year. He's in my side at the moment. And if you were to shift him into your starting side, say for Alamotti, uh, it does open up the the door to get rid of a centre from your, uh, from your scoring bench and potentially look at a more reliable scorer. Um, there are pr- plenty of cheapies who we think are going to be somewhat reliable this year. Um, nonetheless, there are some that are surefire to put on some cash in the uh, in the early rounds. So, yeah, just a suggestion. But there is a lot of hype around uh, Alamotti. I think he's still, what, north of 20% owned uh, overall. So a lot of people are going to be on him. Yeah, so Dan, another thing that you should do, just say this was your round one team. What you should do, mm. see you got Nickel Clockstad on the bench. You should interchange yep. him with the hammer. So the hammer with the jewel, yep. if you had some late scratchings... That would be awesome, especially if you put Thompson, just say, into the centres. What you do with Hammer is he covers both the centre and wing fullbacks. So if you can, the more players that you can park onto the bench, because obviously the first four interchanges, especially for the newbies that are just tuning into the show now as well, they all score. So the bench is, the first interchanges, apart from your captain and your vice captain that's locked, the rest of them are all equal pretty much across the park. But the more jewels that you can park onto the bench, the more, well, just say you run into problems like, for example, things can happen in the warm-up. So just say someone tears their hamstring in the warm-up, you've got some cover on the bench just in case. So the more people, the number one thing is to pick your top 17 players. But if you can kind of start interchanging without wrecking that top 17, put the dual guys onto the bench and that will give you a little bit of cover just in case something would happen in the warm-up or there's a late scratching. Beautiful. Thank you, boys. I appreciate the advice. Too easy. Yeah, next question, mate. Um, so I've noticed on my bench, I just noticed that I haven't got any mid-coverage. I've just basically got edge and centres and winger fullbacks. So what do you reckon are some good cheapy mids to pick up? Gus, I'll let you kick this one off, mate. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Mid-coverage, definitely uh, definitely something. It's good idea to have a few, a few of those backups on the bench, given that there are three in your starting team. Yeah. Um, Different levels of who you might want to go for. A um, couple of players I'm liking uh, at the moment. Ray Stone, we spoke about uh, We spoke about him. Mark Nichols at 426K as well. I know Rails mentioned him earlier in the show. We think he's on for a pretty big role at the Dolphins and a former love interest of Talking League's very own Andy Burton, Stefano Utoikamano at the West Tigers. Coming in, I think, pretty underpriced at 396k, given that he is looking likely for a starting role this year. Yeah, I like it. Rolls, anyone else to add? No, pretty similar to Gussie there. I will say, though, I'll put Mark Nichols at the top just because of his job security in that Dolphin side. He is going to have a definite 40 to 45-minute role, and he does go at a high PPM as well. Um, So, yeah, I'd be locking him in as my first choice out of those three. Yeah, and if the preseason keeps going well for Jermaine Hopgood there, Dan, you should get a mid-edge jewel come round one because if he's named at 13, he'll get that mid. So that's another thing for you new players. So what happens is 
you know, as they get put on positions as they finish. So he lost a lot of duels because they didn't play in those positions. But guys like Jermaine Hopgood that didn't play a lot of first grade last year, they'll get recategorized if they start in round one. So what will happen is if he wears the 13 jersey, they'll give him they'll give him the mid tag and then you'll get another dual player that way. So if that was essentially to happen, just say Cardi also made the team on the edge, you could literally switch him over and then you've got a little bit of bench cover there as well as we talked about with those jewels. Easy. All right, next question, Dan. What do we think about Reese Walsh this season now he's starting full back for the Broncos? Um, do you think he's going to have a good season? Yeah, I, I talked to him up on the Broncos pod this morning there, Dan. So the biggest thing with Reese Walsh is he coming off not a great season at the Warriors. The biggest thing is he's going into a team where he's got a controlling halfback in Adam Reynolds, which is great, and an emerging 5'8 in Ezra Mam, and he's got a great forward pack. You think about Payne Haas, Pat Carrigan, and just a whole heap of State of Origin players, which is a lot stronger... It's a lot easier to play at home every second week as well instead of traveling and just being out of a suitcase all the time and things like that. He had a strike rate of 0.1 of a try last year, which is really unusual for a player of his talent. He'll have a lot more opportunities. The other thing that will go up quite substantially is, see, at the Warriors, they didn't have great outside backs. The amount of tries that they bombed last year that he created opportunities for them was because they just didn't have the class there. When the Broncos, I know that Colbo's been playing up a little bit, but expect him back at some point. But they've their centres are two of the best in the competition in Farnworth and Staggs. And then you've got Corey Oates on the left wing as well. So I expect plenty of finishing there and see a big uptick, I think, in tries, try assists, try uh, line breaks, line break assists. I'm projecting him probably in the mid-40s. The only downside is at the Broncos... We've had Cobbo, we've had issues with Payne Huss off-field, issues with players unrest with the coach. So there is, they've got a hard draw. They do have seven of their first ten games at Suncorp, and that's because they played Magic Round away against Manly, and they also have a, an away game against the Dolphins. So they're lucky in that regard that they actually don't have to leave Suncorp too much. For me, he's a 45 guy. I think he'll make you money, but there is still some downside risk that he is just a kid. He's 20 years old, so the chances of him playing up off the field, still dramatically high. I think we put a huge expectations on some of these 20-year-olds to act like we are in our 30s. But it's one of those things that there's kids. Can you like go back remember when you were 20 and then we've got this huge expectation that they're going to be just you know these big adults. So there's always the, the risk that Reese Walsh goes a little bit off the, the rails. For me, I'm going to lock him in. I like the fact that they play around 16 by, so that's enough temptation. I was going to go either him or Ponga. I just wanted one gun fullback. And with Ponga being injured, that scrapped him for me. And Walshy's being locked in. So he's back. But, Riles, give me your thoughts on Walshy. I tend to agree with you, TK. And I will just add on, uh, Walsh's kicking game does increase his floor compared to a lot of other fullbacks, which is helpful at the end of the day. If he doesn't perhaps get those attacking stats in one game playing against Melbourne, uh, the Chooks, Cows or Panthers. So... I will add, though, he may struggle in attack if Reynolds does go down with injury. He has been a little bit injury-prone in the last couple of seasons, and we saw at the uh, Warriors when he did have a lot of responsibility on creating. He didn't live up to that to start with, so um, he may develop that this year and take on more responsibility and do it better, um, but there's just, I suppose, that insecurity around that role there and his expectations in attack, I suppose. 
Yeah, I should have mentioned, Dan, that he will lose goal kicking as well. So unless uh, the thing is, Katonic Stags will probably be the backup goal kicker there. So he probably won't be yeah. goal kicking this year. So there's probably four points that he will lose. But Gussie, turning to you, your thoughts on uh, Reese Walsh? Yeah, I'm liking him. I'm liking him. You've sold me, CK. Uh, I think <laughs> big thing that makes me makes me feel confident about him this year is the fact that he's going to be playing off the back of Adam Reynolds. Um, you know, young fullback playing off the back of one of the most experienced and still one of the best halves in the game. I think it's the uh, you know it's sort of the perfect running partner for him, and he's got some weapons outside him too. You mentioned Katoni Stags. But the Cobo as well, and those Broncos outside backs, there are some really quality assets that uh, Walsh is going to be feeding ball to. His natural passing game is awesome, so I'm expecting a lot of points for him through, uh, you know, your try assists, your, your line breaks, your line break assists. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all for him. Nice, I like it. Now, boys, let's rip into Dan's team a little bit. Dan, probably the first guy that probably stands out that you don't have in your team, and it's one of the cashies we'll talk to Liana about, is Tyrell Sloan. Now, he's a 17% owner. Now, with Cody Ramsey being, unfortunately, probably going to be missing this season with illness, he looks like a pretty much set and forget at the moment at fullback. He's a 17% owner, as I said. He's only 250K. So I think it's one of those guys that you get in your team because the whole pack's going with him. And I think he'll be a nice little cash generator. We're probably looking at maybe four or five cashies. The, I know that he'll be missing round one, but you can put him as your last emergency, and then round two he'll be back, and then you'll be able to move if you want to keep Hammer into your centres. I know that centre was a uh, question that you had earlier in the show, but Rolls, let's give him a few other cashies. I know we gave Leanna a few of them, but we've got a few on our list there. What do you think about a few other cashies that he should consider? Um, have we got a list? No, I'll go Elise Katoic, TK. Moving into the Melbourne Storm system, um, I think there's going to be plenty of uptick there for him and attacking upside. So Bellamy's going to simplify his role, and I suppose we're going to see a more straightforward game plan for Katoa. He's not going to be worried about doing too much. He's going to know exactly what to do out in the field. Munster's going to put him into space. Hughes is going to put him into space. So I think there's plenty of upside there for Katoa. Nice. Gussie, turning to you, anyone that he should be considering? Yeah, not to um, not not to overload your team with uh, sort of up and coming wing fullbacks, but there are some good uh, good cheapy candidates in the pool this year. Big wraps on Bailey Hodgson up at Newcastle, uh, particularly if the, the the Lockie Miller thing does go through, and we've got uh, we've got Hodgson locked on locked in, effectively signed on for that number one role. I think he's a great option and could generate cash over the course of the season. If you're looking for someone a little bit more versatile, and one thing I would say here is proceed with caution because he's burned many people many times before. But it's Tyrell Thuy, Mayona. Uh, we think he could be on for a, uh, a more certain role change this year. Um, you know, he was attractive in years gone by with his dual edge and, uh, and centre positional tag. And he never really locked down either of those positions, but because he had the DPP tag going, a lot of people went for him. But uh, yeah, few murmurs that Fui Mayano could be a value uh, value buy this year. Boys, what's our thoughts on uh, just having a look at his bench? Bryce Cartwright, Cody Nikarima, Ben Travojevic, probably all guys that are probably will be in the seventeen to start two thousand and twenty two, but probably going to be playing just smaller roles there, Riley. I think maybe we could probably spend that money a little bit better. Yeah, I do tend to agree, TK. The thing is with your emergencies, you want to spend either 230K or 250K, um, no more. 
So you'll be looking at players hopefully getting a starting role, maybe one forward with a bench role, um, such as Trey Mooney or Fui Mayono if he gets a mm. start on the edge. Otherwise, look at people like you said, Sloan, Tommy Talao, um, those sorts of players with high job security um, who are getting a start in round one. One thought I've got for you, Dan, is so yeah. with Cleary and Munster, that would be a perfect ending. If this was round 27 and you've got those two guys, that's probably the way you want it to go. For round one, sometimes it doesn't make sense to have all the guns in your team. What you could do is you could downgrade a Cameron Munster to someone probably a couple of hundred grand cheaper. You've got a couple of good options. I'm really liking Sam Walker at 638K. Jackson Hastings is another one if you believe the Knights hype at 645K. Yeah, no, I, re- I originally had Hastings in, but then I upgraded him to Munster. Yeah, so if you, if you were to downgrade him back down... Cop 250k, which you could kind of start spreading across your bench a little bit more, and you wouldn't have to rely just on these 250 guys. You could probably get two 250 guys, and then you could upgrade easily maybe to a Mark Nichols, someone like that, that would be a mid-range with a little bit more job security in minutes. But I love your halves. It's just kind of the timing. The other guy that you could probably, if you really want a lot of cash, you could even go down to a Lachlan Ilias, who's 400k below. And his form back end of the season, especially in the semifinals, was very, very strong. If you want a really big punt, I know a few of the boys have been talking up SJ. I know Timmy's pretty keen to talk about him on the Warriors pod. In We're going to be recording this week. He's at 562K. So if you believe the hype that he can be bringing his form back into the game, that's 300K that you got straight there, man. So yeah. a bit of food for thought. If you did want to upgrade your bench, I think the best place to start there is to probably lose Cameron Munster. Yeah. Because I was tossing up between um, – I was honestly tossing up downgrading Grant to someone like a Coruscant. Yeah, that, or, that's a pretty good uh, one. Or, or, or a Reed Marnie and then having a bit more options because I feel like Munster might have a – like I, I feel like I have more room to work with. Yeah. Now, if you're, if you're feeling that narrative, you've got a few options there. Gussie, like if he wanted to keep Munster in, downgrade to Grant – What's your thoughts? Would he move Cheese up to hooker? Or would he get another hooker, straight hooker? Who? What's your choices there? Yeah, you definitely could look at moving Cheese up to hooker. The fact you're carrying Mitch Kenny, who we think is going to be a starting number nine on the bench, does give you a bit of that positional depth in the hooking position. But if you did want to swap Grant uh, out for someone else and leave the Cheese in that uh, in that mid slot there, Reed Money's an option. Uh, Coruscant, as you said, I'd proceed with caution there. I, I, I'm a biased Tigers fan, but uh, you know, I don't know if Coruscant is going to be the goods this year, just conscious he is getting on. And we do have uh, Jake Simkin in the wings who could be taking some minutes off him week to week. Uh, but I think it really depends what you want to do with your cash, Dan. Um, you know, if you do want to put it into uh, into your bench and upgrade one or two of those guys, one of those Melbourne uh, Melbourne assets, whether it be Grant or Munster, is a really good option as well. Um, factoring in, they have that round nine buy. Uh, so if you are heavy on Melbourne assets, by the time round nine comes around, you could be in a little bit of trouble there. Uh, so I think moving on one of those guys could be a good option for you. All right, Rolls, wrap us up, mate. If he was to downgrade Harry Grant, which way would you go with a straight hooker or would you just move cheese in there with uh, another mid? I'd go cheese to hooker. Fingers crossed Hopgood gets that mid-duel. I'd then potentially try to get Mark Nichols in and look at um, players like Aaron Clark and Tana Boyd mm. from the Titans um, who are both going to have upticks and rolls this year. We saw Boyd last year. I think he averaged close to 48 starting at halfback. I know he's going to be starting with four in this year compared to Brimson probably. 
but he does have that role there. I know it is limited job security um, if results don't go the Titans' way in the first couple of weeks, but I do think uh, Boyd is a decent option. And then we saw Clark, what he did last year, in a big-minute role, 50 to 55 minutes, you'd look for him to score 40 to 45 fantasy points pretty comfortably. I like it. The other guy, Dan, to think about, Adam Elliott, he's at 606K. If you want a, a nice mid there, did really, really well last year. He's got a big role next year. So, sorry, this year. So would you could you, easily save 250. Would you prefer Elliott over Carrigan? Oh, that's a really good question. Only maybe because of the price and the fact that he probably won't play Origin, but you could probably fit all of them in, mate. If you had a mid of Tarpany, Carrigan and Elliott, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah. Um, I was just wanting to also ask about Clockstead moving from a good team in Canberra to, to be honest, the mediocre team in the Warriors. Do you reckon he's going to have a bit more of an outstanding role in well, the Warriors team. Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Like, I think he'll take more of a leadership role on. I think the biggest thing, the question marks, the question marks isn't how good he is. The question marks is his health and whether he can stand it up because last two seasons he just hasn't played footy. So he's, he's year in uh, 2019 and 2020, outstanding when he was actually at his best. And he's back at fullback as well. Had a really good World Cup, so that will give him a little bit of confidence. But, Gussie, your thoughts on Chance? Yeah, I'm a big Chance fan personally. Uh, I think he's a great one to have in your side. Bit of narrative, but I think with him going back to NZ and playing for the Warriors there, I think you could just see him become a completely different player. Uh, So much more settled, so much more confident in himself, like we did see in that first year where he burst onto the scene at Canberra. Uh, I think he's a great value buy, and he is, by all accounts, going to get the first look in at that number one jersey. So... I think uh, yeah, I think he's a, he's a good one to uh, to put a bet on. Nice, Rolls. Are you rating Chance this year, mate? I'm still on the fence about him, TK. But one thing I do like is his run meters as a fullback. He is keen to get involved and run the footy up, so out of yardage. So it does give him that decent base, which puts him ahead. Just wonder about attacking stats playing for the Warriors. You're going to rely on SJ um, and Tamari Martin creating a lot for him to have that chance to get tries and try assists. So. Wonder flag for the trials, I think, and watch. But there is upside there, and I would track his role. Perfect. Yep. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, thank you very much, boys. I appreciate it. Nah, thank you for jumping on the first episode of of our team, Doctor. And ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get involved in the show, just simply send us an email at info at talkingleaguepod.com or just hit us up on the social medias. The Talking League textbook, that will be out Jan 30. We'll retail at nineteen ninety five. Twenty percent of profits going directly to... Bowel Cancer Australia, all, seven, all 17 teams are covered. We've got 23 players per team. Projections, recommendations, much more. It's 180 pages. So we'll get you firing before round one. Our partners at Game Day Squad have also thrown in two packs of rare cards. They retail at nine ninety nine each. So literally that covers the cost of the textbook. So be on the lookout for that when it drops. If you haven't let, please leave us a review on Spotify or Apple. And please join in the banter on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Talking League Pod and Twitter at Talking League One. All right, guys, that was it for the first one. Dan, thank you for joining us for that first one, mate. Oh. I'm very, I'm very grateful. Thank you for the opportunity, guys. All the best for... Our uh, team's looking good, Dan. Yeah, it's looking very good. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it for my first four years. Like, I was a bit nervous getting back into it, but thanks for the reassurance. I love it. Riley, thank you for your thoughts tonight, mate. We'll check you on next week's show. 
No worries, TK. Thank you for having me. Gussie, thank you for your thoughts. We're going to be recording Roosters and Tigers on the weekend, mate, so looking forward to that. And then we'll get stuck in yeah. there on Monday. Game. Can't wait. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. And just remember, all the team previews will be coming out. Wednesday, we'll have the Doggies. Friday, Souths. Another live Q&A, 7.30 New South Wales time on Wednesday. So if you have any questions at all, please join us then, and we'll answer as many questions as we can. All right, guys, we'll check you Wednesday.